Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Mix in America. This is episode seven. Uh, with me today, I have the most beautiful guest that anybody could possibly have on their podcast. Uh, joining me is my wife of almost eight years. She is white. If you don't know my <laughs> wife, she's white. But we've had some some pretty interesting conversations. Uh, I think so. The last, um, especially the last like couple months, maybe has it yeah. been that long. Um, after the death of George Floyd, uh, a lot more conversations with everybody about race, but uh, the two of us especially have had some, some, some. I don't know if good conversation is the right word, because they've been some difficult conversations, but some conversations. Necessary um, conversations. Necessary conversation, that's a good way to, that's a good way to put it. Um, so I thought that I would have her on the podcast with me to give a little bit different perspective, obviously being a white girl that grew up in the suburbs, I'll call them suburbs, even though she was like way out there in Wilmer, Minnesota, if you guys know um, where that is. It's kind of west past the cornfields. If you go west of the cities, you hit some <laughs> cornfields, and then you keep going. There's okay. some more cornfields. Then there's Wilmer. Then there's even more cornfields in South Dakota. So uh, she was actually born in South Dakota. I don't know if I can tell people that or you not because she's not she's not really proud of that it fact. Very boldly. Um, but she moved away when she was very young. So. She is a Minnesotan. She's not a South Dakotan, even though her passport does say South Dakota, because legally, that is where she was born, so okay. you can yell at your parents about that one. Um, okay, so let's stick on topic here. Let's talk about... I'm going to do my best to keep you on track. <laughs> yeah, that's actually why she's here, is to keep me on track. I should probably have her on more often to keep me on track, but first of all, let's just... Okay, well, first of all, you didn't give me a name. You didn't tell them what my name was. Can I have a name? Do people need to know your name? Do you yeah, want? Do you, you want? You literally no, just you, said white girl. Do you so want people to know your can name? Can I have because a name other than white once girl? Once your name is out on this podcast, then you have to deal with all the fame <laughs> that goes with it. And so I was trying to keep some amenity. <laughs> What's the word for that? Um, it's like a not anonymous, but I was trying to protect your identity um, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, like Batman wearing okay, a mask. Okay, this will be you getting I'll, edit, I'll, I'll probably edit some of this out. We'll see. This is my wife, Jocelyn. There you She's go. She's joining me on the podcast today. She is white, so she has a different perspective on race uh, than I do because we all have different perspectives. So let's just jump right in. First of all, what were your experiences with race growing up? Like, did you think about it at all? Did you talk about it? I know, obviously, your family very well. You're from a good family. Your parents obviously aren't racist or anything, but we've talked about this before. Your family's all white. So mm -hmm. what well, was your experience with it? Not my extended family. But growing up, I don't ever remember talking about race. Um, like you said, my family's all white. I do actually have two cousins that are Cambodian, um, and they're, which is an Asian country, but they're dark. Like, they're way darker than you are. Um, but growing up, like you said, I'm white, but I'm like white white right so everybody was darker than I was like even all of my white friends I was always the lightest of the group so everybody was darker than I was it just some people were a lot darker some people were a little darker yes <laughs> so that was um, it that was your conversation no, so, so, okay. so I don't ever remember having like a specific conversation with my parents about race um if you don't know my parents, they are, like, the most loving people in the world. Yes. Like, 
a little bit to an obnoxious level. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, that's how I was raised. You just loved everyone. Um, but when I was pretty young, I think I was like six or seven, they actually opened a teen center in Wilmer. Um, and Wilmer has a, well, at least they did at the time. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there in a long time. But they have a um, pretty large Hispanic population. And the majority of the kids that would come to the teen center were Hispanic. And my family tends to take in people. Yes. <laughs> constantly. So So does mine. We've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there was... I had... I mean, there was always kids in our house. Um, and that's what I grew up around. So I didn't really think of them as being different ever. Um, but I was exposed to their... Like the actual Mexican culture. Like... You have not lived until you've been to a Mexican baby shower. They're the best things. Um, I grew up going to quinceañeras and having authentic Mexican food. And so, obviously, with us talking about race, this whole thing leans more black and white. But there weren't a lot of black people in Wilmer that I remember. Um, I don't know what it's like now, but I grew up around other cultures, other other kinds of people, so it never was, I don't know, it never was a, a big deal to me. I never really thought about it. I never really noticed it even. Um, we moved into the Twin Cities when I was 16, so I guess that's probably when I got the most exposure to it, but I don't remember it ever being a thing. Like, I don't remember being like, oh my goodness, there's so many black people here. Can I say that? You might want to You can that say out. that. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not offended by it. Um... So, with all the Hispanics around you, um, did your parents ever talk to you about, like, they're different than you? Like, their culture? I mean, obviously, their culture. Like, they had a different yeah. culture. So, so I think that's a difference, too. Because I think that's a lot of when, when we talk, like, race and stuff and, like, what makes different races different. Yeah. Well, if there's a culture that goes with it. Like, the right. way I look at it, like, I don't have a... An African culture, right? right? My mom's black, but right. she's never been to Africa. Her mom's never been to Africa. Right. I don't have an African culture. Right. Um, you could say whatever you want to define as black culture, whether it's you know music or shoes or whatever. Yeah. But but an actual you know Mexicans, they would have an actual Mexican culture. Right. So like, did they ever talk to you about that, or you just kind of experienced it, and that's just kind of no? How it was. I just kind of that's just kind of how it was. I mean, they. It was never like a, oh, they're different than us. There was never a talk about skin tones or whatever. Um, I remember they, some of the boys would try, because there were a majority of them were boys that would hang out at our house, and some of the boys would uh, try to teach me Spanish. But once my mom found out that they were teaching me all of like the curse words and the <laughs> bad words in Spanish, she put a stop to that real quick. So I don't speak any Spanish. Um, but no, it was never, they were just people like it, it wasn't it was never a thing about it being any different than how we were so when was the first time that you actually like noticed race or saw racism or saw anyone treated differently or like heard a conversation that was like oh that doesn't feel right or like what was the first time or do you know a first time or about when you first started kind of experiencing this or seeing this or understanding it yeah well when we became friends because we were friends for a little while before 
We started dating. We, me, and you? Yes. Okay. The I, two I of us. I wanted to make sure that that's who the we yes. in that sentence was. You and I. Okay. Um, You talked about it because you're black and white. And so I remember you bringing it up. But again, it didn't. I actually, now I had a friend in high school who was also mixed. But I didn't really think about really. I mean, it was never like a conversation. Yeah. Like we never talked about it. You didn't ask was. her what, what are you when you first met her? No, I didn't actually. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, but so, I mean, experiencing, like, conversations about race would be when I joined your family, because your family talks about it all the time. Um, but my first experience with, like, what I would consider racism, like, in a bad way, uh, it was after we were married and had moved back to the city. So, I was maybe, like, 20, 21. Yeah, she got married really young. Yeah. That's, yeah, I got married, we got married when I was 19. You didn't um, say that. Then. <laughs> um, but so I'm just saying like it was later in life, yeah. like yeah. later in my life that I experienced it. Um, but I was working and I worked at DSW um, and I was helping this old lady and her boyfriend, it was her boyfriend, they were not married. They made that very clear. It was weird. <laughs> uh, but her boyfriend came, came back and she said, oh, I thought you went to go girl watch next door. Which, first of all, what a creepy old man. Uh, but he went to the store next He went next door to look at the girls there or whatever. Which is super weird. Which is, yeah, obviously <laughs> this is not like a solid human being. Um, and he said, oh, well, I did, but there were a bunch of blacks over there. And it took me hmm. a minute to be like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> And then he continues to say, he goes, well, you know, I don't have that big of a problem with actual black people. It's the salt and pepper I don't like. And me being little naive <laughs> Jocelyn, I didn't understand what he was talking about. Um, and I don't know if I figured it out or if he explained it. I don't remember. Um, but he was talking about mixed people. Yeah. And, and like I... Like your husband. Right. And <laughs> I was the one person in the store that was married to a mixed person. Like, of all people, why are you telling me this? And he was talking about how, like, you know, they have such a hard time in life and they can't do anything in life and da-da-da, they're not, they're set up for failure because they're mixed and all yeah, of this stuff. Yeah. And I was sitting there, like, I was so taken back because, like I said, this is the first time that I really remember, like, experiencing something yeah. like this. And so I had no idea what to say. Um, and I ended up getting called away, and so I don't think I said a thing. And I remember being so upset about it. And, like, and then afterwards upset at myself at, like, how I handled it, the fact that I didn't say anything. Because, like, you know, when you're after the situation, all yeah. these things come to you. Like, no, my husband's a college graduate. Like, he's doing just fine in life. Thanks, sir. But I didn't think about that at the time. <laughs> so, but I remember going home and telling you, and you were, like, kind of laughed it off. Like, it was yeah. no big deal. And I was like, why are you not so upset about this right now? But that's because you were used to it. I mean, and one, it's it's an old, it's a racist old white guy. I know. Like, and and maybe we shouldn't be okay with that. But like, like you said, like I've experienced that in my life or heard stuff or whatever. And I guess as long as they're not being like, maybe it's not okay. Maybe I shouldn't accept it as much. But in my mind, I'm like, you okay, weren't surprised. I'm not least. surprised. But if they're not like violent, if they're not like doing something like right. actively racist, like. If that's what you think in your head over there, we'll let you die off, and the next, <laughs> we'll 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 teach the next generation to be better, and yeah. let the old racist white guys die off. And 
maybe that's not a, the best approach for things, but mm-hmm. that's... But that's part know. of the... I think the biggest thing about that is, like, conversations that we've had recently. I... Because white people, we don't think about race yeah. because we don't have to. And, like, I was 20 or 21 before I actually heard my first, like, somebody being really racist. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's the biggest... My biggest, like, takeaway now from it um, because... I'm sure there were things said earlier in my life, but I had no idea. Yeah. And good or bad, I don't. We don't have kids, so we don't have to worry about it yet of how we'll yeah. raise our children. But you know, like, do you let your kids know at a young age about it? Do you, you know, like, do you let them experience it on their yeah. own? We've had a lot of talk about white privilege. I have an episode where I just talk about white privilege. Yep. One thing that you can't refute, whether like I said, my family didn't really doesn't really accept white privilege or doesn't really want to like we don't want to talk about it because we believe that no matter regardless of the color of your skin, my mom is black, a black woman, and she's accomplished some pretty impressive things in right. her life and in her career. They can go back and listen. Um, to that one. Yeah, they can go back and listen if you want to listen <laughs> more about it. But one thing that I've thought about, and I heard someone say it: white one one privilege of white is learning about racism. Except instead of experiencing it. it. Yeah, I read that and online, that was, actually. Yeah, so I've heard that before, too, and yeah. that's one thing that, I mean, yeah. Which I, I think is so true, because you talked about when you were in, I don't know, kindergarten? Kindergarten was when I When you first, first heard, the N-word, heard yeah. the N-word. Like, I, and I was 20, 21 when I first experienced it, so I think that's... But it wasn't even something at you. I mean, you probably took some whatever because I mean, I took husband. it personally. But you took yeah. it personally because your husband. But he but had no idea that I was married to a mixed guy. Yeah. He just happened to pick the one yeah. white girl in there that was. Yeah. That's just kind of funny. So, you grew up in a white family. You had uh, maybe, you know, Hispanic guys around the teen center or whatever. So, you had some, but not a whole lot of thoughts, interactions with race um, until we got married. So, what was that like when we started dating? Did you have any thoughts, any conversations with your parents? I mean, I, I, I know your parents well enough that I can't imagine, like... Yeah. I can't, no, my mom just, is the one that's pushing me to you. date you. Are you kidding me right I'm now? I'm just picturing you, like, going up to your parents and be like, guys, I think I'm in love with a black man. And then, like, <laughs> laughing, like, yeah, so? Like, who cares? Um, no, we never had But did you ever have any thoughts, conversations? Like, I mean, I know our kids are probably going to be pretty white because yeah. of your genes, but, like... Oh, my kids are gonna have. No, I never like, like think I about know. it. I mean, maybe I should have. I don't know, but I li- <laughs> I didn't even cross my mind. Like I like I said before. Like, I mean, I knew very well that you were mixed. That your mom is black. Your dad's white. Because you talk about it. You make jokes about it all the time. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but it never. I never thought of that. Like, oh, I'm gonna be in an interracial relationship or like. Oh, I my kids might be slightly darker. Hopefully, that's what we're praying for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or I never, I never even thought of it. And like I just said, my mom is actually the one that pushed me to date you, which is a side story that we don't need to go into. But I don't think it crossed anybody's minds. I actually feel like they probably weren't surprised that I married somebody with a little bit of color. Maybe I'm just gonna expose myself here. Hopefully, I don't know how many listeners you have, but maybe I shouldn't say this. Uh, but growing up around all of the people that I did and with all of the Hispanic boys and whatever, I don't think it was surprising to anybody that I ended up with somebody of color at all. 
because and my aunt Tammy would be so proud of me because yes. she tried to bring some color into this family for so long. Um, I don't know, and I never my I mean my extended family is very like extremely Christian conservative. You don't say a word like. If something's wrong, you don't talk about it, right? So even if anybody would have had an issue or a question about it, they wouldn't have told me. They wouldn't have said anything. So I would assume they didn't. But if they did, we would never know. So Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't had any, I guess, negative interactions with anyone in your family, no. extended family, in any way, shape, or form. Um, they're all good people welcoming me. And with, again, I'm not even that black so maybe your does all your family know they were at the wedding right? they saw <laughs> they my mom is black my grandma um my cousins my aunts and um oh here's a good question oh. what was your first uh black holiday like what was that like coming to i don't remember yeah. probably christmas was probably it was the christmas first one. eve it was um, christmas eve and we were engaged um we had maybe again this is gonna expose us and how quickly we got engaged but uh we were talking at the point of when you came home for Easter. Um, and you wanted me to come over that day, Easter. And I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't come over. So that would have been it. Um, so Christmas Eve was the first time when I met all of them. All of them. <laughs> Do you like Black Holidays, Black Thanksgiving? And no, I think it's super fun because... And- it was so, f- it's fun to me because I have a relatively small family. Like, even my extended family is so small. So, there was just so many of you. Like, you have so many cousins and aunts and there's just people everywhere and kids everywhere. And I just thought it was so fun to have all of those people. Because, I, like I said, my family's small, but I grew up always having extra people in my house. So, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, when everybody got together and there was all these extra people... I had those times growing up. It just wasn't with my actual family. I mean, most of them we consider family now. But so I thought it was fun. Like it was overwhelming and it's fine. They all thought I was either Sarah or Emily who are also <laughs> blonde white girls. Which that... they still do, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You've been married eight years and you still get confused yeah. for Sarah and Emily. because. Um, so I just was another one of those blonde white girls yeah. there. No big deal. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure I had cousins or aunts, someone say the same kind of thing. I go, oh, because Nathan is already married no, to Sarah. Because, I, I, no, because, no, what happened is that your mom, me. I think it was at Easter or whatever family holiday that I, that they would have been together that I wasn't at, your mom told them all, oh, she looks just like oh, Sarah probably. and Emily My, is what happened. And then I came and they're like, oh yeah, I'm she I'm just does. saying, like, <laughs> people say, people say all the time, oh, all black people look alike. All white people look alike too. I know. Like if 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 you're, if you're not, blonde, you're all the same. If you're not familiar with someone, yes, you generalize based on the little information you have. So if their skin is about the same color and their hair is about the same color and length, yeah, then you're gonna think they all I look know. alike. I and know it's funny and it's a joke. And all it's, of I'm my not aunts taking it personally. Confused. I know. I'm just, <laughs> just saying. Funny. That's it's it happens. Um, I actually get. Everybody I meet say, oh, you look like... Everybody thinks I look like somebody yeah. because I'm... Because you can pass for, like, ethnically 15 ambiguous. different races. So, yeah. like, everybody, like, oh, I got a white friend that looks like you. I got a black friend that looks like you. I got a... We get the point. I got the wrap-up sign from my yeah. wife telling me to, to keep moving. Um, I guess it's getting a little bit long. explain things? It's not over-explaining. Okay, it's, I'm next detail question. detail-oriented. Okay, next, next question. Next question. You said that 
you have thought more about race, obviously talked more a whole lot of, a whole lot more about race uh, in the time that we've been together than all of the time. I mean, all of the time before we got married. Yeah, um, which wasn't that much. Was which wasn't young. that much. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it wasn't that much, but I'm saying you've you've thought a lot more about it, talked, had a lot more right. conversations, um, not just with me, but with with my family, with you know, one of your best friends is black. What what have these conversations been like, or what's it been like for you? I, well, one, like I said, when we were friends before we started dating, you made jokes about it all the time. So I already know knew how you were about race. Like, yeah. and I was used to you making, like, racist jokes about black people and about white people, because you're both... Don't say racist jokes. That sounds um, bad. I was used race to you... Race jokes. The joke's about race. Yes, yes. Like... Sorry. Racist yes. jokes makes it sound like I'm no. racist. I'm not racist. I was racist, used to but... you making jokes about race. Yes. There we go. Um, so I don't think it was that surprising when I came into your family and then all of your family did. I think it's funny to me now. I don't know if I was prepared at how... Maybe I shouldn't say this. But how many jokes your dad makes because this white guy... But he's entitled. He's been married to a black woman for 40 years, so maybe that makes him entitled to it. And he does it within the confines of your home, so yeah. maybe you can take that out if you want. Um, you got listeners, anybody, you can take whatever you want out of this. Don't <laughs> Please don't take that my dad is racist or that I'm no. racist or that we say racist. Um, There's a difference between, I think, knowing what you can say and knowing when you can say it. And to who you I, can say it. And to who you can it. say it. I think that's part of it. But I, I do think that one thing that our family does is... And the way that I grew up, because this is what my parents do, uh, is like kind of taking the teeth out of racism, if that makes sense. No, but like, that's a weird expression. Well, like like it, you kind of make make light of the situation. Right. And you kind of like, like you, Which would, is, you would say something that somebody might say, but obviously you say it kind of jokingly. Like, that's yeah. a stupid thing to say. Like, why yeah. would you assume that because they're black, they can jump higher or right. because they're white, they can shoot threes. Right. Which, by the way... I mean, I can't jump high or shoot three, so I don't know what happened with my gene pool. Right. But, but no, so I think because I was already used to you, it wasn't that big of a deal. I also was, when I first came into, so your family is, if you want to get a word in, you all have to talk louder and over yep. each other. And I'm not that, well, I can be loud, let's be honest, but I'm not that loud or like a super talkative person in general. Don't if he tries to tell you that he's the quiet one in our family, <laughs> that is a lie. Um, Depends on the situation. And no, with you were the talker in this about. family. But so I think I was already that, like I was already quiet, and like your brother Nathan joked about how I never. Like, yeah, he thought you didn't say anything. The right. First, the first right. few times he because I wasn't loud enough to make my voice them. heard over everybody and else. I don't know if it's a large family thing or a black family thing, but. If you want to be heard, you have to speak over Right, people. and I didn't do that in, in general. In small white families, so, everybody takes their turn and yeah. has a nice... And so, that's just not how I didn't do, do that in general. So, I was already, like, I just... At family gatherings or whatever, I always already just sat there quietly and, like, listened and observed. So, maybe that's part of it, too, because I was already quiet. So, it didn't, like, make me... It wasn't like, ooh, what do I say? I didn't say anything anyways. Um... But I don't think it was really like a, to answer that question, I don't think it really made me uncomfortable. Had, had we had any like serious conversations? Did your right. opinions on race or your thoughts change at all? Or maybe 
open up more. Well, I don't think that had a lot of opinions on it because I wasn't like... Fair enough. I wasn't... I hadn't had a lot of experience with it or like in one way or the other, good or bad. Um, So I think, like you said, we've had a lot of conversations. I think I'm just... One of the things we've talked about is how... um, white people are so uncomfortable to talk about race because and part of it is like you don't know what to say you don't want to say the wrong thing you don't want to be labeled a racist da 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 part of it is you don't have to talk about it because you don't experience these things firsthand most of the time so i think that's the biggest thing that's been honestly such a to use a churchy word blessing because, about being in your family because I'm so used to having those conversations because it's talked about all the time. And it wasn't like a, okay, I need to do this. I need to be uncomfortable. It's just It was just life. It's just how it happened. It's just what we talked about and, you know, different life situations. It came up. So I think I'm thankful for that because I'm a lot more comfortable talking about race now than... I think a lot of white people are, to be honest. Yeah, because there's a lot of white people from the suburbs that have never had any conversations about race right. before until now. Right. And I've, I've talked to my mom. We've talked about it more recently. And obviously, like we said, you coming to our family wasn't an issue or a big deal. Or even, like, you know, think twice about it. Um, but we've talked about that recently of how, like we don't we don't she doesn't need to talk about it or like she hadn't need she didn't need to think about it before because it didn't affect her so she never it wasn't like a oh I'm going to specifically ignore this it yeah. just it doesn't cross your mind you know yeah for sure um but obviously it is a topic right now that conversations that are being had and more serious conversations difficult conversations um which I think is great I think it's important to have those conversations like we've mm-hmm. talked about um, what what is something that now things have been different? I've noticed since the death of George Floyd, you have taken a much more active role right. in race relations, whatever you want to call it, yeah. research, conversations. What are some things that you have done uh, and why is it so important for you to, to really have these conversations and do this research and, and look into this stuff? What have you done and I guess why are you doing this? So... Well, partially, like I said, before I'm used to having these conversations. Um, And, like, this isn't the first time that, like, we've had conversations like this. I think we've had them more often and they've been more serious lately. But with being in an interracial relationship and then um, our pastor in San Diego was super big on race relations before anything major started happening, I guess some police shootings or whatever, but he was super big on race relations. And so it was kind of brought to my attention more. Um, and I am a little bit of a nerd, so I like to read a lot. Um, and I read a lot, I've read a lot of fiction books and a lot of, um, I like history fiction. Um, a lot of them take place around the civil war era and different things like that. So that made me interested already. And so I had already you know, before George Floyd, I'd already read some different books um, and researched some stuff on my own just because I'm the kind of person that, like, if I'm going to talk about something, I want to know about it. Or, like, if I'm going to know about something, I want to know everything I can about it. Um, but then when George Floyd happened, it, which I think it hit different for a lot of people. I don't know what it was, but it was like, this is the final straw of... I think 
the effect a lot when these have happened in the past it's been okay if months or so later everybody kind of goes back to normal which isn't which is odd and that's why we don't have change in our country but this one i don't know if it what it is because i feel like the whole country is experiencing it to another level but for us for me specifically it it did hit home um and so like i mean that happened 20 minutes away from where we live um and i mean i don't i'm not ever concerned about you because like you said most people don't think you're black right away um but that could have easily been somebody that i knew we've talked to different people we know different people that yeah, are from it's, that it's neighborhood right that are Ryan from Watkins that grew up exactly um yeah. and so for me it just hit home because i could have easily been somebody that i knew and somebody that i cared about and so i think um that it just hit different and then I also think, um, I mean, speaking specifically with like police shootings and different things in the past, um, it's always been like a, when you hear it from the media or see it, it's always like a politicized thing. And I think this was the first time that, so it's easy to like overlook it and be like, oh, yeah. well, they're politicizing it. Oh, da, da, da. But for me, seeing so many people that I know, I care about, people who I know well, people whose opinions I trust, um, say that they're scared and they're hurting. It wasn't just a, oh, they're, it's a politic, political thing, da, da, da. It was, no, these are people that I know who are saying, I'm scared. Like, I'm scared that if I was in this situation, the same thing would happen. And so, for me, I feel like that's also the difference this time. It was like, okay, if these people that I know and love are saying they're hurting, I can't ignore this anymore. I can't just say, oh, well, you know, it depends on the situation. Let's wait till we get the facts. I was like, no, okay. Something needs to happen. Something needs to change. After this one, I remember specifically I was sitting in bed. It was Wednesday night right after he got right after George Floyd was murdered. And Wednesday night was the first night that the rioting got super bad in Minneapolis and they started burning things down. Um, And I was sitting, you were sleeping, I was sitting in bed on Twitter just watching Lake Street burn, essentially. And like, I couldn't get over the fact that I'm sitting safely in my bed in my quiet little neighborhood and 20 minutes from where I live, this is happening. And I just thought, we what has to change that we don't just move on from this you know what i mean like like i said it's happened before but nothing has changed so what because it'd be very easy for me even 20 minutes away from where it's happening to just go on with my everyday life and whatever because me as a white person i'm not affected but i remember thinking like something has to change we can't do this Again and again and again. <laughs> um, so, so not that you're going to solve um, America's racism right now on this podcast. Um, although I'd get a lot more listeners if we if we did have the solution right here. <laughs> um, I everyone to listen to it. But um, what what have you been doing? Like you said, like what has your reaction been? Not just, um, I guess, feeling bad and maybe 
posting something sad about it, but what have you actually done? So I think the biggest thing, well, as a white person, the big thing you need to do is educate yourself. Because I think that is a huge part of where there's a lack of empathy. Because whether you want to get into systemic racism and da 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 da, black history is not taught well in our country, or not taught hardly at all in our yeah. country. Um, and I think that's part because we just. It was awful what happened, and so we try to bury it and cover it up, and, oh, we don't really want to talk about that. Um, But, like, for me, learning more than just, oh, yeah, it was slavery, but then we ended it. They were okay. And then it was, oh, yeah, civil rights, but Martin Luther King and everything was happy. Like, when you actually look into history, I think it just opens your eyes a little bit of, like, why we have an entire people group in our nation that's hurting, Because you can't, if you don't know, like, why, then how can you empathize with somebody? I think education is a huge deal. I think for me, it's been, like, educating myself from different perspectives. Because it'd be very easy for me to find a book or a podcast or whatever that, like, reiterates the things that I already think and I already know. But I think what has been helpful for me is, like, finding things that maybe have backgrounds in things that I don't agree in. Or, like, people that have political beliefs that I don't agree in um, 100%. Um, But hearing them out anyways of, like, what they think. And then you can make your own opinion. And it's not like, oh, I'm reading these things and my opinions are automatically changed to theirs. But... I'm able to make a better... More educated. Educated. That's a more educated opinion because I've listened to all perspectives of it. And it's not just, oh, this is Republican side. Oh, this is Democrat side. Oh, this is the white side. Oh, this is the black side. It's all of it. And then let me decide how I feel about it, you know? Yeah, and I think that's a big thing that not a lot of people... Everybody, whatever side you're talking about, people don't like to hear opinions from the other side or don't want to hear from the other Mm -hmm. side, Um, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, black versus white, Democrat versus Republican. uh, But that's, that's the conversations that I think we need to have is we need to, you know, it's, you can't say, oh, I was, you know, I'm educating myself by reading and listening to other people who already have my point of view. That doesn't help. Like, and I'm not saying that you need to, you know, completely go the opposite, but but I do think there's definitely value, and like you said, in in hearing from people that don't agree with you right. or that have a different perspective than you. Because right. I, I don't think it's dangerous to hear another perspective. No, because you can still make up your own mind about what you want to think. It's not like they're brainwashing you. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, so I think that's... And I think for me, it's like throughout this whole thing, it's it's honestly been frustrating because... Like, I feel like it should be so simple of, like, you should understand, you should empathize, but people are so, people don't even want to listen, yeah. you know? And I think that's the most frustrating thing. And so, like, for me, like, at first when it happened, I mean, I I post different things on social media or whatever, but getting away from that and having conversations with actual people in my life, and I think that's been yeah. the most 
encouraging thing. Because when you have conversations with people and you're face to face with them, and I mean, I know we're social distancing and whatever, but when you're having these conversations with people, you can have a good conversation (laughs) six feet apart. You can hear their heart and hear how they're feeling and their perspective. And it gives, like, it gives, that's what gives me hope. Because I think when you get so caught up, and even though I just said educate yourself, when you get so caught up in all of the flaws in our systems in America and this whole us versus them mentality and all of these things that the media is constantly showing you of all of these bad things that are happening, it's so discouraging. And you think, how can we ever fix this? And how can this ever change? You know, it just seems so much bigger than you. And like, I'm one person, how can I do this? But when you get face to face with people and have conversations and are able to like enlighten them based off of your perspective and you know listen to their perspective that's what's actually going to make a change because I mean as much as I do it anyways posting on something on social media probably isn't going to change somebody's mind but having a conversation with somebody might yeah I couldn't agree more obviously she's a very smart woman not just good looking (laughs) I know you guys can't tell um, but trust me she is beautiful. Um, if you know her, you know. Okay, let's move on. Okay, that's. I mean, if there's anything else you want to say, <laughs> probably. There, there, well, there's a I lot more talk. we could say. I know. We, we've I had know. conversations, and maybe we'll do a part two. I think if I no. Can I give one piece but, of advice? Yes, give one last piece of advice, and then we're. I gonna think say goodbye. whether it is on social media, but especially in person, listen to people to actually listen to them. Um, don't listen with your rebuttals already forming in your head. Don't listen with your arguments being made in your head. Just listen to actually hear what they're saying. Yes. Because I think so often when we're having, even when we're having conversations, it's we're listening with the intent to argue our point. Yeah. And that defeats the whole purpose. So that's my... Oof, that was good. Mm. Wisdom, that was good. No, that was really good. Appreciate that. Thank you. Jocelyn for joining me today for being on here taking the time and thank you for those of you that are listening I uh, really appreciate you taking the time uh, and hearing what we have to say listening to a white girl talk yeah listen to a white girl about race um, her opinions and <laughs> thoughts and feelings but we all got perspectives we all have different things so I think it's important um, next week I'm going to talk about police brutality I'm actually going to kind of go head on oh. I've, <laughs> I've, 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 had a, I've waited on this because reactionary like was like oh I should do that right away that's gonna get people's attention or whatever but I, I really wanted to like have some conversations I met with actually the chief of police here in Osseo um, we had a conversation he actually agreed to meet with me we sat down had an hour long conversation um, just talking about all of this not just George Floyd but don't give it all away what they're, no, can't give it away okay that's the teaser for next week you guys um, but I wanted to take I wanted to actually form my opinion and I want to actually like understand and learn a little bit before I um, talked about that but that's the next one I'm going to talk about so uh, join me next Monday for episode it will be 8 mm-hmm. of Mixed in America 